This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. How many of y'all are happy to be in the house of God today? Excellent. Hey, if you want to go ahead and turn in your word to Luke 10, you can do that. That's where we're going to be today. And I want to start off this morning by asking you a question. It might be a simple question for some. For some of you, you may have to think just for a moment. What matters the most to you right now? What matters the most? Is it your job Something to do with your kids? Is it a situation you're in right now? What is it that that matters most to you? I think we can all agree that some things are definitely more important than other things, right? Uh, For instance, animals versus, I don't know, an unborn child. Whenever you look at that mean cat, how can you be a cat lover anyway? I got to be honest with you. Hopefully we feel that the unborn are more important than animals. Amen? Uh, what about hobbies versus our marriage? Hopefully, no matter if you're a man or a woman, hopefully you're more concerned about your marriage than you are about those things that you get enjoyment out of your hobbies. Correct? What about our children knowing the Lord? Versus our children excelling in sports. Come on, what's most important to you today? Some things are more important than others. And as we said last week, there are times when we need to evaluate certain areas of our life because we can get off track at times, correct? Anybody ever notice that? It happens to me on a regular basis. And whenever we take that 30,000 foot view and we really just kind of get the whole picture within, uh, you know, eyesight, we can see, man, there's some areas that we have gotten so far off track and we are not even heading in the right direction anymore. Well, we're in a message series right now that we're calling Reset. And we're looking at some really important areas of our life that maybe we need to dial in. Some areas where maybe we've gotten off track and we want to make sure that we get back on track in those areas. And last week, we started off with what we feel is the most important thing, and that's having our relationship with the Lord back where it needs to be, resetting that relationship with the Lord. And we talked about that at any point we can return to the Lord. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? We we said that, that we can return to Him, and all we have to do is just repent And just receive the love that he has for us. And we mentioned whenever we were in Luke 15 that he's searching for us, he's calling for us, and he's waiting on us as well. He wants us to return. And whenever we return to him, he's joyful about it. Heaven rejoices, as a matter of fact. He doesn't take us back like, oh, so you're back again. That's not the way our God is. Isn't that great? Come on, y'all. That's great news, right? He gets excited about it. And he wants us to return, so we never have to be like, you know, standoffish with returning to the Lord as if we're going to be punished or something like that. That's not it at all. His arms are open wide, ready to receive us. And so last week we talked about resetting that relationship with him. And today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on resetting our priorities. Because we want to get our priorities right according to the Word of God. Because I want to tell you something. Whenever our priorities are in right order based on what the Word of God says, life will begin to make sense and life will actually become easier to live. 
How many of y'all, y'all need a life that's a little bit easier right now? Well, whenever things are in order, it's going to make life a little bit easier to live. So what's a priority? In case you're wondering, and you probably know, it's simply a thing that's regarded as more important than something else. Simple enough, right? Something that's regarded as more important than something else. And like Pastor Nolan often says whenever he teaches, I once heard a story. A man had 50-yard line tickets to the Super Bowl. He sits down, another man comes down, and he asks, he says, hey, is anybody sitting in the seat next to you? No, the man said, this seat's actually empty. That's incredible, said the man. Who in their right mind would have a seat on the 50-yard line at the Super Bowl and not use the ticket? The first man says, well, actually, the seat belongs to me. I was supposed to come with my wife, but she passed away. This is the first Super Bowl we've not been together at since 1987, whenever we got married. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's terrible, said the man. But uh, couldn't you find somebody? Couldn't you find somebody to take such a great ticket at this game today? The man shakes his head and said, no. They're all at her funeral. That was bad, wasn't it? It was terrible. It's, uh, somebody's priorities were out of whack, weren't they? Sometimes our priorities can be a little off. Luke 10, that's where I said we were going to be. We're starting in verse 38 today. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted. Somebody say distracted. Distracted Distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come to me and help. But But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried, you're upset over all the details. There's only one thing. Somebody say one thing. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I will not take it away from her. One thing, he said. It's easy for us to get wrapped up. It's easy for us to get distracted like Martha in the details of life and lose focus on what's really important. How many of y'all have ever been there before? I mentioned last week that there's times where even as a pastor, I get focused on other things, and sometimes it almost seems like my priorities aren't right whenever it comes to the Lord. And that may seem really strange for a pastor. I want you to know there's a lot of details that goes into church and into ministry. Throughout the week, it's lots of planning. It's lots of prep to get ready for services. And sometimes in all the planning and all the prep and all the details, sometimes you kind of lose sight just for a little while of what's really the most important. It happens to all of us. Somebody say amen to that. It just does. And Martha was doing what was good. I mean, she was there to serve. She had a great heart. She wanted to serve the master. And some may say, yeah, you know, Mary should have got up and gone to help Martha. But Mary realized that truly the Messiah was in the house. And she had one shot to get at his feet. And so she chose the thing that was what was truly most important. Y'all, and in the day and time that we're living in right now, we have so many things that are vying for our attention. 
Have you noticed that? I mean, your family needs you. Your children need you. And we need to definitely prioritize our family and children above a lot of other things. Your church, you know, there's going to be times where we say, hey, we need you. The kids' school needs you, don't they? Uh, you've got your kids' activities, whether it's baseball, soccer, football, whatever it is, gymnastics, tumbling, singing, piano lessons. You've got all these things that are asking for your attention. Then you have the things that you would like to do because sometimes you don't feel like you have any time for yourself, right? And then we have these things right here that steal so much of our time, do they not? And so there are so many things that are trying to grab our attention, but we've got to know what's most important. Like Mary, we've got to be able to understand this. This is most important right here and not let the other things, not let the other details get above what's most important, right? And so while we're on this earth, as believers, I want you to understand our priorities need to be in order based on the Word of God because none of us are just here on earth waiting for our ticket to be pulled. Right. See, the plan isn't get saved and then just wait it out. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all need to hear it again. We're not supposed to just get saved and then just live until our ticket's pulled. Because you see, Jesus gave us a commission that we're supposed to do. He, he gave us an assignment that we're supposed to do. And we're supposed to see other people saved. We're supposed to see other people baptized, set free, the sick healed. We're supposed to do all kinds of work. Think about what Betty and her ministry has done and the lives that they have saved and changed because of their willingness not to just sit. Amen. And so we've got to get some things in order in our life. And so we're going to talk about what I like to just call the top five list. Uh, the top five list of priorities based on what I believe the Word of God says about them. And so we're going to jump right into it today. And our first priority, y'all, needs to indeed be the Lord. And isn't that pretty easy to figure out? Needs to be the Lord. Jesus said in verse 42, there's only one thing being worth being concerned about. One thing has to be number one on our list. Mary had discovered it. And I want you to understand, whenever we get to heaven, we will give an account for our life. It's kind of like an exam that we need to be prepared for right now, okay? We will give an account for our life. Did we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Amen. Through Jesus Christ. Not, did I know who God was? Not did I go to church with my family. Did I personally have a relationship through Jesus Christ to the Father? Uh, because you see, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. He said, no one. Somebody say no one. You can't get to the Father except through him. So, so he's the only way to get there. And so first of all, ask yourself, do I even have a relationship with him through Jesus? Are you just playing that I'm a pretty good card are you just saying well this should get me there no it's not going to get you there good people die and go to hell every day in the next two minutes somebody good's about to die and go to hell that's just the truth people are dying like this right you got to have that relationship through him so do you have one is it growing or are you in the same place you need to grow in him i'll tell you as you grow in him life truly does get better does it not you start to understand your authority that you have that you walk on this earth with you start to understand that you don't have to be, you know, always negative, Nancy, that you got a reason to put a smile on your face. You start to walk in victory versus always getting your tail kicked. 
I don't know about you, whenever I have revelation like this, it just makes life a whole lot more enjoyable. Are you connected to God? You need to be connected to him. John 15, 5 says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Produce produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, you can do nothing. I can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and wither such branches are gathered into a pile and they're burned. Whenever we're not in that daily relationship with the Lord, whenever we're not constantly spending time with the Lord, it's kind of like a plant that doesn't get any water. See, on the inside, it's not good for us because we're not connected to the Lord. Whenever we're disconnected, our hope, you know, our, our purpose, our faith, it, it all just begins to diminish. So our number one priority has got to be having that relationship with him and staying connected with the Lord. Come on, somebody. But it's so easy to be distracted with all the stuff that we have to do and with all the stuff that a lot of times we focus on getting. But this is said in Mark's gospel, chapter 8, verse 36, what good is it for somebody to gain the whole world but lose your soul? Too many people are living for just the years between now and their funeral. I want to accomplish as much as I can between now and then, but then after that, that's what's important, right? Uh, I mean, I want to be in the presence of the Father. Everything else is less important than this number one thing that we just mentioned, our relationship with the Lord. Everything. Somebody say everything. There's nothing that should get above it. He's our source of life. The church isn't your source. I'm not your source. Young people, your parents are not your source. He is your source of life. And someday we're going to meet him face to face. And so we've got to regularly reset this priority because at times it will fall below others. And something I need to let you know, if God isn't automatically at number one, then everything else is then out of place. Everything else is not where it needs to be if he's not at number one. Does that make sense today? Our number two priority is me. And whenever I say me, not me, us individually, amen? Somebody say me. Me. You're talking to yourself right now. That's got to be your number two priority. Now that may sound a little bit selfish, but we're going to talk about it for a minute, all right? You are going to give an account for yourself whenever you meet the Father face to face. You've got to focus on yourself to be able to be effective for the kingdom as well. A thought that I've got, if you're dead, if you're dying, you're not any good to anybody else. If you've ever flown before, you'll have this stewardess given her pitch of what you're supposed to do whenever you're on the plane in case of an emergency landing, right? By the way, I always like it whenever I'm flying to Dallas and they tell me, in case we make a water landing, your seat will be a flotation device. Well, I guess in case we strategically fall into the Mississippi River. (laughs) But one thing that they'll say is, is in the case of a loss of cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will fall. Y'all have heard it. And what they say is, is put the mask first on yourself if you're traveling with other people. Why is that? Because you can't help somebody else if you're dying. 
you've got to be able to breathe so then you can help other people. Does that make sense? So people, we have to take care of ourselves. Somebody say, I got to take care of myself. And we are made up of three parts. Of course, there's the soul, the spirit, the body. Our body is our physical being. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. You know, whenever God breathed uh, into man, he became a living soul. And then there's our spirit. It's the innermost part of us. It's like God. You know, we're, we're a spirit man. But whenever we look at our soul, a lot of times we're driven by emotions. Our soul man dictates things as well. Um, you know, how we feel. Uh, are we up? Are we down? Um, by the way, if we're driven by emotions constantly, we are unstable. Y'all know that, right? Word talks about that. And, and going off of emotions all the time, man, it'll get you in trouble. Whenever we look at our spirit, uh, to prioritize us, we've got to have a healthy spirit. A healthy spirit. Uh, we've got to connect to God daily. Come on, somebody say daily. daily. Y'all, not just Sunday morning. We need to connect to God daily to be healthy in the same way that you can't diet one day a week you've got to connect to the lord daily to be healthy right uh, we need to connect with him through prayer we need to connect uh, with him through worship we need to admit our daily dependence on him lord without you we're nothing lord it's truly in you that we live we move we we have our being right i mean we, we've just got to get honest with the lord i mean the word says that he resists the proud sometimes people have a hard time just getting honest with the lord it's just the truth though you've heard me say it before your next breath is only because of his grace it's only because of his grace and so we need to spend time in worship we need to spend time in prayer we need to spend time connecting to him in complete surrender. We see that David was actually elevated by God because David was a worshiper who stayed in the presence of God. David's time with God actually prepared him for the destiny that God had for him as a king and a giant killer. But it was his time with him. And we've got to just, you know, let go of pride and, and just be honest with the Lord and just admit our dependence on him and just connect with him. That's the relationship we, we truly need to work on daily, amen? We need to proclaim that our mind, our will, and our emotions are submitted to the Lord. Come on, somebody. We, we need to guard our mind. We need to guard what we watch, our ears, our eyes. Too many of us love the Lord, but we let trash into our life. We need to be very careful with that, amen? Guard our conversations. And can I just tell you, you need to surround yourself with people who encourage you, people that build you up, people that strengthen you, people that make you laugh as well. Come on. Some people are just a little too serious and they don't feel like we need to be laughing. I love to laugh. We laugh at the Amoson house a lot. You know, it says actually in Proverbs 17, 22, that laughter is good for you. Well, look at what it says right here. This is the Amplified. A happy heart's good medicine. It can actually cause healing in your life. Some of y'all need to loosen up and just learn to laugh again. Get around people that you just enjoy being in their company, amen? And then whenever we look at our body, we've talked about our soul and our spirit. Whenever we look at our body, how many of y'all, whenever you loan something to somebody, you would prefer that it comes back to you in about the same shape? Not worse off, right? Okay, well, I want us to think about this. We need to return our body 
to the Lord who gave it to us, we need to keep it in good shape. Uh, our body is God's that he's allowed us to use, and Scripture shows us this in 1 Corinthians 6. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Y'all seeing that? Given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. You're valuable. So you must honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. Amen. Will anybody just admit with me today, staying healthy and keeping this body that you got and that I got in good shape is hard? Amen. And I don't have it all together by any means, but... But we've got to work on that. We've got to take care of ourselves because I want you to understand your family needs you. Your kids need you. Lost people need you. This church needs you. There are a lot of people depending on you and, and your decisions that you make and my decisions that I make don't just affect you they affect many, many people connected to you as well. We got to take care of ourselves. And, you know, I just got a question for you today. If the calling of God on your life is for 80 years, are you treating your body in a way that it's going to be able to last that full 80 years? Or are you going to short the time that God intended for you to be on earth? I had a thought one time, if we knew that we could only have one vehicle, you know, the first vehicle that you got as a teenager, if you knew that was going to be your vehicle for life, how would you treat it? You wouldn't miss an oil change. Because you'd say, I've got to make this baby last. We need to do that with this temple right here. Come on now. Because people need us. Our family need us. The lost need us. Amen. So we've got to take care of ourselves. The third thing is this, is we've got to take care of our family. Outside of your body, your family matters the most. Uh, can we manage the people that God's placed in our lives? That's just a question for you today. Are we good stewards of our spouse and of our children? Remember that God gave Adam a wife before he gave him children, right? And so our spouse is always coming first, even ahead of our children. I was thinking about something yesterday just as I was putting this together. As it relates to my kids, and I threw that picture up there about, you know, athletics and all that kind of stuff. My greatest desire as a father is to see my kids serve God. That's it. That's it. If they're good in sports, great. It's not going to help their eternity at all. It won't affect it whatsoever. My greatest desire as a parent is to see Cash and Audrey serve God and then I want them to have the same desire to where every Amoson from generation to generation to generation serves God. Amen. Are we good stewards of our family? Are we getting our family where they need to be? Are we getting our family in church? Are we teaching our kids about the Word of God, do we talk about the Lord? This is actually in the Old Testament where it says, remind your children what the Lord did for you. Y'all remember that? Are, are we reminding the kids what, what the Lord's done for us 
to where they have that relationship with him. And I need to share this with somebody. Whenever your kids stand before God, you cannot escort them. They're all on their own. Because I know as they're young and even as they're teenagers, a lot of times it's, well, let me, let, let me help you with that. You know, sometimes we want to speak for our kids whenever they're in a pickle or they're in some kind of situation. We want to speak for our kids. We will have no say whenever they give an account for their life. So we've got to take care of them and teach them at home. Amen? And, and we need to set that example, men. Men, it's important that we set that example, that we don't farm it out to our wife to be the leader, that, that we tell them, no, 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 this is what we're going to do. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to be in church. We're, we're going to pray together as a family. We're going to do whatever it is that we set that example. Come on, somebody. We've got to walk in that role of a priest of the home. Fourth thing is this, is our calling. Our calling. Your work for God has to come after your relationship with God. It's got to even come after your family. This actually gets out of whack for a lot of ministry people right here. Uh, many of y'all probably remember Pastor Larry Kefauver. where he did my mom's funeral. He did part of dad's funeral. He one time told this story about his mistress. And of course, for a little while, our minds were completely blown until we realized he was talking about the church that he pastored. Because he had put that church above his family. He had put it above his wife, and it was his life. But I want you to understand your calling actually comes after. Somebody say after. After your family comes after your walk with the Lord. And a lot of ministry people do indeed have that out of whack. Martha was doing some great things. She was getting a lot of things done while the master was there. But Mary saw what was most important. We know that she was focused on the main thing. God, our family, it trumps our calling. In 1 Timothy 3.5, whenever Paul's talking about the qualifications of deacons and elders, he says, you've got to even be able to manage your own house if you're going to be able to do ministry work. So, so you, you, we've got to make sure that that family's in order before we can even do our ministry work. Does that make sense? This may sound a little bit strange. I love all of you, but you come after my walk with the Lord. I love every one of you, but you come after my wife. You come after my kids as well. Because if that was out of order, this ministry would suffer. What doesn't need to take place is that you have a pastor whose family's all goofed up because he doesn't spend any time with them and he's not focused on their well-being. How can the church do well whenever the set man of the house can't even take care of his own family? Come on, somebody. But whatever God's called you to do, I want you to understand, and God's called us all to do something, you got to take care of yourself. You got to be healthy. You got to be connected to our to your source. You got to take care of your family as well, right? Now, some of you, just for a minute, maybe your mind's wandering and you're thinking, "Well, Gene, this is a top five list, and all of a sudden you've got your calling way down here. It doesn't seem very important." Listen to me. It's number four, not number four thousand. It's number four. And there are thousands of things that come below what God's called you to do. Thousands of things that we are often consumed with that fall below our calling. Way below our calling. Number five, stewardship. It represents every blessing God's given us. 
He's blessed you with your family, your job, your home. He's blessed you with your property. He's blessed you in so many different areas. The fact that you can get up and walk out of this place in just a moment. Your health. He has blessed us with so much. If you serve the Lord and live according to the word of God, I want you to know you're going to be blessed. You're going to see his favor on your life. It will blow your mind at his goodness in your life. As a matter of fact, you're going to see yourself rise above others, even in your workplace, because of God's favor on you as you're completely all in for him. It'll change your life in so many different aspects. But we've got to take care of what he's blessed us with. We've got to take care of our family. We've got to be obedient to do what he's called us to do, right? We've got to take care of ourselves. We've got to have these things in order. We've got to represent him well. We've got to be good stewards of what he's given us. And that means to give back to him as the word of God says. We see in scripture that God elevates those whose lives are focused on him and are in order. Those who live their lives according to the word of God. Luke 16 tells us that whenever someone's faithful with a little, they will be faithful and trusted with much more. And as we get things right in our lives, he'll entrust you with more. Today, I feel some of you, you may be in a place to where you've just been believing God for more in certain areas of your life. Maybe it's got something to do with your career. Maybe it's got something to do with your family. I, I don't know what it could be, but you've just been asking the Lord for, for just blessings in certain areas of your life. I want to ask you today, are things in the right order? Because once again, if he's not up here, everything else is automatically out of, out of place. Are they in the right order? Father, we thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. Come on, just stand with me today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word that shows us that, God, sometimes we get so focused on the details, and, Lord, sometimes we miss the main thing. And Lord, I just pray over everyone here, Lord, if they are at a place to where you've not been number one, that, Father, today, that, Lord, eyes are opened. And, Lord, that adjustments are made. Father, that we honor you, Father, Lord, with this temple that you've given us. Lord, none of us want to be even a day shy of what you've called us, Lord, the time that you've called us to live out to do ministry. So, Lord, for those that maybe are dealing with sickness, Father, we rebuke that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if that's you, if you've got something going on in your body, just, just lift your hand up and let me just pray for you. Father, I rebuke sickness. Lord, I rebuke disease right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We say the blood of Jesus was enough for every, every issue in this building today. We say sickness goes because of the blood of Jesus, because of the broken body of Jesus. God, we speak healing, Lord, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We thank you for it. Lord, I speak families are blessed. Lord, that children know you. Come on, if you got your spouse next to you, just grab their hand. Lord, that children know you, God. Grandchildren know you, Father. Lord, from generation to generation, they're going to serve you, God. 
Lord, we proclaim that today. Lord, in the way that Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lord, the way he spoke that was declaring it, prophesying it. He wasn't saying, I hope we'll serve the Lord. He was saying, we will serve the Lord. And Lord, today with our spouses, we, we declare, we will serve the Lord. Our families will serve the Lord. So Lord, for the children that aren't walking with you, God, we declare that they will come back. Father, they will return. Lord, repent and receive like we talked about last week. Lord, for the spouses that may not be serving you, Father, the same for them as well in Jesus' name. God, I pray for strong marriages here also in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Lord, we're more effective whenever we come together as one. Lord, if there have been couples that are not on the same page, God, right now, I pray the Holy Spirit starts to do a work on them and they come together, Father. Lord, kingdom focus, Lord, that you reunite, Father, that spark that they had originally in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for new levels of anointing as it relates to our calling. Lord, everyone here, Father, in whatever area they serve in, Lord, in whatever area that you have for them, God, whatever area of ministry, whatever gifting, God, that it goes to new levels in Jesus' name. Lord, with our worship, Father, with our teaching, Lord, whether it's children, Lord, whether it's pastoral, whatever it is, God, Lord, new levels of anointing. And Father, I just speak blessings over everyone here today, Lord, for their faithfulness. Father, to, to be like Martha and to take care of the details of the ministry. But Lord, let us never, ever lose sight. Lord, not get at your feet, God, because it's the most important thing. And Father, we thank you for the favor that's coming in our lives, God. Lord, we want to be good stewards of what you've blessed us with. And Father, we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give the Lord some praise today. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.